1: post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today
0: this is episode 45 with T.L. Mazumdar
1: welcome to the as told by nomads podcast where you'll learn how nomads, third culture kids, entrepreneurs, and leaders all over the world embrace their global identity
0: and use their difference to make a difference. And now, having lived on four different continents, here's your host, Tyo Roxas. Welcome everybody. Today I have with me T.L. Mazumdar. Uh, He describes himself as an Indo-German singer, songwriter, composer, multi-instrumentalist who is based in Germany and India. So you can see he's very, very well-talented. He grew up in Libya, London, two parts of India, as well as Germany, so a full-on TCK. And he just recently released his uh, sophomore album and he's uh, been kind enough to join us on the show here. Welcome, T.L. Welcome, T.L. Thanks for having me man. It's an honor. Nah, Diana. Diana's truly mine. Um, so I, I was talking about your background there, and you, you've grown up in different parts of the world, different continents, and you know you're, um, you know, instrumentalist, musician, composer. Yeah. I'm just curious. Could you could you give us more of a background about how you grew up, who you are, and just why you really traveled around so much? Well,
1: okay. So I was born just about in India, in Kolkata, which is um in the eastern part. It's um. Kind of shares its culture with Bangladesh. Um, Bengal basically got divided into Bangladesh and West Bengal, uh, the latter belonging to the Indian um, constitution or the Indian nation, the way it's been developed over the years. It used to be one large subcontinent, right? India, Bangladesh, mm-hmm. Sri Lanka, Pakistan so uh yeah so i'm the Indi- uh, I was born in the Indian half of Bengal, so to speak, and then um, I left when I was seven months old because uh, my parents were travelling doctors um and they just basically found this really great job uh in Libya. They just graduated uh college and were am um, you know young doctors looking for work looking to. Find their footing in the world, and uh, they were offered these really great post as professors and doctors in Libya back right then. And uh, that's where it all started. I spent the first five years of my life mostly in Libya. Um, and eventually, uh, I think just about a couple of years before the war started in Libya, they decided to leave. I think things started getting a little too weird for all of us. So uh, um, that's when we left for London. Um, that's where we spent the next few years. Mum would be studying and working at the same time. I, Dad would basically uh, be doing something between a, a house husband kind of a thing and working every now and then. And um, yeah, and at some point after that, and or no, eight years, they said, okay, let's try and move back to um, India, which is where we come from, which is <laughs> fine for them to say, except when I landed up in India, it was a very foreign country to me. And uh, uh, that's when I think uh, the first bouts of confrontation about the fact that I do belong to or um don't belong to the same culture my parents come from. Start uh, making themselves apparent to my mind.
0: Hmm. So you mentioned a few things there. You you are you started off in in uh, in India and, and that was when you know Bangladesh, India, a lot of the countries were together. Yeah. Uh, but you were in the Indian part, and then you moved on to Libya. I'm assuming Gaddafi was uh um, yeah, yeah, very
1: I mean,
0: I was, much, so, very much. So, yeah, because yeah, I, um, I remember reading a lot about it, and I, just before until recently, before he yeah, was removed, but um, in knew of that that time period. And then, so you had that, and then you went to England. Yeah, but that statement you made, the statement you said that when you went back to India, India was very foreign for you.
1: Yeah,
0: how <laughs> how did you reconcile with the fact uh, that you know India wasn't home for you?
1: Well, I'm still working on it, to be absolutely honest. <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, well, yes. That's very... <laughs> but,
1: uh, I think that's where the, the discovering the whole third culture kids community, if, if, if that's the right word to use, mm-hmm. really helped me figure things out, just kind of coming to terms with the fact that um, India, which is you know um, where my parents definitely come from, uh, where my ancestry comes from, Uh, Will be and never will be my home, in in the sense of the word um, it usually means to most people. How did I reconcile? Well, uh, I think over the years I've kind of um, learned to pick and choose things I decide uh, I like to be Indian in that make sense?
0: Yeah, no, no, <laughs> I completely yeah. makes sense, yeah. Yeah,
1: and discard a whole bunch of stuff I prefer not to identify myself with. Um, um, well, there's, the, there's India has this really deep spiritual, mystical side to it, which does resonate with me. But it's uh, almost a cliche sometimes, you know, it's, it's not something I'm very fond of talking about, to be honest, because I tend to come across as one of those. Um, um, new age guys. Okay, that sounded a little discriminatory. I didn't mean it that way. No. Nah. <laughs> <But>, um,
0: <laughs> well, I mean, I think that's the great thing about the the third culture kid thing is, is yeah. that you, you really you don't have to choose one home. You know, you're you're you have a lot of homes, and it's it's reflected in your character and just who you've become. So, um, you absolutely. That, yeah, that struggle that you were the, just the, uh, the defining there was very. It's something I identify with and it's something I definitely understand. It's just because, you know, your parents are traveling doctors and you ended up moving around. And what happens yeah. is you innately pick things from different countries. So it's not, you know, I think a lot of times people, uh, historic culture kids, we feel guilty sometimes, like yeah. you were saying. But um, I, I think um, as we start to really understand the concept of what TCK, being a TCK really is, it's, uh, I think it's refreshing as we start to really just embrace the, that global identity. Rather than you know pigeonholing ourselves to say hey we're just this we're just that because you know it really is you know it's 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 okay to say absolutely. yeah yeah like you know my parents are Indian I I do have a lot of Indian in me I mean I could look Indian uh but you know my true home is is the world and it's just you know for me it could be Libya it could be London it could be Germany like you know in your case but it's I'm not yeah I'm not just one so I think absolutely yeah yeah. 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 No, so so then, when you when people ask you where you're from, what do you say?
1: Oh yeah, yeah, it's always that question, isn't it? Where are you from? That's um. <laughs>
0: the most, <laughs> most difficult question for me when people ask me. So oh
1: yeah, I hear you, man. I'm, I'm actually trying to, uh, you know, depending on the situation, I kind of. Answer these days with uh, TCK. I say I'm a third culture kid. I grew up in four countries, so take your pick, really. Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah. <laughs> hey, yeah, yeah. 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 You know, I've got four countries for you to take a pick from. So, yeah, yeah. Let's
1: yeah. go, go. <laughs> Yeah, but I guess in a way, I, I mean, technically speaking, I'm German by nationality. So, uh, so I guess um, I'm quite comfortable calling myself German of Indian ancestry as well. I'm, I'm all right with that. All right, no, it's cool, uh, it's cool. For, for people who have no clue whatsoever what TCK means, I'll, I'll go with that, I guess.
0: Yeah, no, so yeah. I'm guessing you speak German, Yeah. obviously you speak English, uh, and, uh, and uh, Hindi.
1: Hindi, and there's Bengali, which is, uh, which is what Bengal usually speaks. Um, well, yeah. India, India has 16 languages, uh, officially, there's, there's a whole bunch more, actually. But um, yeah, so Bengali is what Bengal speaks. And uh, yeah, I learned Hindi, German, English, yeah, four languages.
0: Just putting me to shame right there, but it's okay, it's all right. Uh, You know, I only speak English and three quarters of French, so, you know, one day, I'll catch up to you.
1: Well, yeah, well, (laughs) to be fair, Hindi and Bengali, I mean, there are, uh, well, the jury's still out on whether they're actually separate languages. because uh, they are very similar to each other, I and mean, right. most people who speak in call would be able to speak to other, varying okay. okay. degrees of proficiency, so that's, you know.
0: Okay. Now, you know, when you reached out to me, I was really fascinated, I I, I started to listen to music, because you, you sent me some of like that, and I was on your website. I yeah. Mean, you said that the second album, I think your sophomore album, was inspired by your discovery of the word TCK, was that correct? Very true, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Why don't you talk to me about that journey, because um, I... Music is often an expression of oneself, but I am so fascinated and curious to hear what that journey was like and how you put that into a musical form.
1: Yeah, Um, yeah, it's funny you mentioned that because I was just eating lunch earlier on a couple of hours back and thinking about how music really is the one living proof of uh, that one common thread that penetrates all cultures, no matter where you're from. I mean, you could be born anywhere in the world, but you always bang the drum or try and sing a song every now and then. It doesn't really matter where you're coming from. But, um... Well, uh, right. The, the album. Um, I think it's... I, I took about three years to finish this album, which is pretty long by my standards. Um, I'm usually a lot faster with music when I'm working through But, um... I started off working um, on most of it here in my studio in Germany and um, I was traveling quite a bit between Germany and the UK back then because I I had a girlfriend in the UK um, who happens to be third cultural kid herself I guess because she's a quarter Irish, quarter British and quarter Indian and um, I remember I was playing a few of these uh, songs that stuff I was working on and just about around the time when that poa was finished with the album, and then she took a listen and said, you know, there's like an entire half of you missing on this music. So what are you talking about? Like, yeah, it's like, you yeah, know, this could be um, just any random musician from Europe or the West, I mean, where did uh, the eastern part of you go? And um, to be honest, I was quite pissed off when she said that.
0: Yeah, I was going to say that's kind yeah. of. <laughs> she just yeah. really laid it out there for you. Like, well, yeah, your she, music is good, but you know, it's, you could do a little bit better.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she she never minds her words much. Um, so I was like, all right, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna contemplate on that a bit and. Uh, I hated to I hated admitting it to myself, but then I realised oh well, why I mean you know it's true that this really could be anyone um well anyone's probably generalising a little too bit too much, but it really did um fail to address an entire cultural side to me, which um i guess in some ways had also been kind of avoiding in a in a way his thing about being a musician, especially being being a musician from the East, oftentimes you're kind of struggling to break stereotypes. I uh, still get asked things like, hey, don't you play the sitar or tabla or something? I'm your Indian, right? So um, I, I'm a trained jazz pianist, you know, the, the primary form of musical art comes from the U.S., uh, technically speaking. So uh, I've always been a little wary about addressing or expressing uh, musical sides which have roots in India. But uh, I guess in a way I realized, okay, I've been doing this for a while and if I am that confident in my multicultural identity, uh, God, that sounds so horrible. But but, uh, maybe it's time that, you know, I I tried and kind of... embrace it and see where it takes me. So I moved to India for a couple of months. <clears throat> uh, I got rid of about half of the material I'd been working on, I basically just kind of um, literally deleted um, half of the files, and uh, stripped down a lot of uh, material I'd been working on and moved to India for a couple of months and started collaborating and working with musicians there locally. And uh, that took another year. And uh, then some friends of mine from the U.S. Uh, contributed um, on it as well. And eventually I came about getting results I thought I was okay with. And yeah, that's, I guess that kind of sums it up, story.
0: No, that, that's, that's, you know, it's interesting to me, especially when you brought up that stereotype issue. So when people see you and they know that you're a musician, they expect you to sound a certain way just because of, how you look? Is
1: that what you're saying? Um, well, it, it'll, pro- it'll usually start off with the question of like, where you're from, and, you know, and that'll eventually lead to the point where I have Indian ancestry, and that's when the next question will be, "Oh, you play the sitar? <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, "No, I'm sorry." And then there'll be the question, like, "How come you sing in English?" Which, again, uh, it can be very irritating because uh, I mean, assuming I were. 100% Indian, English still is an official language in of India. And uh, although, you know, Indian English in itself is a dialect in its own right, in a way, a lot of people really don't realize that uh, there's a large population of uh, Indians who are native English speakers. Um, so, these questions, they do kind of tend to be irksome on so many levels that uh, it's kind of... Um, can put me into out of in a place where I feel the need to put a wall against it. But right. I can't
0: work on it. You know? I mean, yeah. Hey, we're all yeah. working on. it. We work on it every day. Yeah. Trust yeah. Me. Um. Okay. You know. You know. So we a lot of. Well, I mean, I'm in the media business. I do a lot of art stuff, but I'm not as. I definitely am not as artsy and as talented as you are in terms of. You know, using art to express myself. I'm, I'm more of a writer and producer and that type of thing. I'm
1: um, well, not be so sure,
0: I'm, uh, I'm not checking you right? <laughs> well, okay, fine. I we are both artists in one yeah, way or the other. you go. <laughs> But um, but one thing that I, that I I would want I want to to I'm curious to hear your thoughts on is how to get into a career like yours. So as a multicultural artist, for example, where let's say there's another TCK listens to this, and he or she loves music and wants to mm-hmm. express his, his or herself. What would you give that person as piece of advice in terms of you know pursuing that career?
1: Wow, that's a biggie, I think, uh, especially considering um, the drastic changes the music industry is going through. I mean, right. uh, when I say art, art is a you know a really, really, really broad umbrella, right? But um, uh, I'll stick to music since that's my area of know. Um, well, expertise might just be you an know, overstatement, but it is what I do <laughs> for a living. Um, expertise is just anyone's guess in today's world, really, especially when it comes to the music uh, industry, because, um, um, right, what was the question
0: again? No, um, what, what, piece, what piece of advice would you give? Yeah.
1: Well, all things considered, and uh, if I were to summarize it in one sentence, it will be, have the courage to be yourself, no matter how hard it comes across to be.
0: Have the courage to be yourself, no matter how hard it comes across to be. And yeah. so that's, you know, in in the music industry, I hear this, I don't know if it's true or not, you know, when you when you get paired up with certain producers or directors or, you know, whatever, um, yeah. they have an image that they want you to, to portray So maybe a multicultural person says, hey, well, we want to have the first black or first this, first... Indian type of thing. How do you navigate between that when people are trying to define you, and you feel like you're not the way that they're trying to define you as?
1: Um, Well, my gut instinct is just to kind of you know turn around and run in the other direction. Mm -hmm. Uh, But uh, again, that's something I'm you know trying to improve upon uh, because you kind of take what you have in your uh, circumstances and work with it. Um, it's that stereotype thing again. It's, I guess it's, uh, it's, that, it's the art of finding a balance between what you think you want to project, and uh, what the rest of your partners in the industry want you to project. Because you know, there's, there's the artist within, which is in a way immortal. You know? The artist never really dies. But then you take that next step and you want to make a living out of your passion, your art, uh, which is pretty much a whole different ballgame because what you're basically saying is, you know, I'm going to take that step and make art, which are art's my source of income. And, or even drastically put, I'll, I'm taking that step where I'll be dependent on my art for my food and shelter. And that just kind of changes the dimension entirely because you can't just walk away and say, "No, you know what? Yeah, I'm not going to do this." Uh, You're always going to have to find a way to make compromises um, where you actually might have something to gain. Does that sound too vague?
0: Yeah, no. It, it's, it sounds it's not no, it's not vague. It sounds very uh you know, I, I can see that the it's very tricky because sometimes when I you know, for me I get, you know, I get often get confused for being something that I'm not. Uh, I'm Nigerian um and mm-hmm. that's what I say most of the time. Anyway, it's um and it's you know, people always try to put you in a box. I remember during the Obama election when I was here during the Obama election and I I had, you know, everybody come to me just because, you know, I, I'm black, but yeah. and I, I I remember saying to myself, you know, I didn't tell them, any, I didn't tell any of them. I just remember saying to myself, I couldn't vote. So I, I mean, I didn't really have any impact in this, but, yeah. <laughs> but I, I, I just, I just always, that always stuck with me because it's always thinking, it's always interesting, the perception of the way people, people see you and having that awareness of that can either be a good or bad thing. And it's, it's, it's that fine line between making sure you don't lose yourself with that and being true to yourself. So, whether it's mm-hmm. music or art or any of that, I, you know, I think it's important to to, to definitely recognize, you know, like you're saying, you know, you said something about compromise there, but I think it's, I, I would say maybe you recognize the, the fact that you know there could be some benefit with what they're saying, but also make sure that you don't end up losing yourself in the process because you don't want five years from now saying. You know, I wonder why I didn't express like your your uh, your girlfriend was saying that part of myself and my music. You know, because it's really a big part of me, and you I, know, I, I hate the fact that that happened. And with the way the music industry is going right now, and something that I notice is a lot of people can that they can bypass that middleman. And A lot yeah. of times that yeah. So whether whether it's mixtapes they release or whether it's YouTube channels they have, they just put it out. Just put it out there, right? And, Absolutely. Um. And a lot of times it's probably not what would be studio producer or radio sound, but I, I'm starting to see with a lot of artists where they, they go, you know, Louis CK is a popular comedian here in America, but he, you know, he just uses a website to release stand up specials all the long time and it just yeah. sells it. And, you know, so people are starting to find a way to stay true to themselves and just use digital media in, in some way to, uh, to really express their true art. So, I mean, that that that's essentially why I created UID, and that's why I, a lot of the stuff was there. Because I, you know, I got tired of the media, and I'm fascinated by the media. But I got tired of the media having all these red tape and having certain restrictions of what you could publish and what you couldn't publish. And you know, I just really wanted to produce content that I felt resonated with you know the audience that we, we have, which is uh, you know multicultural millennials, third culture kids, global nomads, people that identify with several cultures, just because. You know, I believe as we start to become more globalized, we're going to have to understand different cultures. But I didn't want—I didn't want it to be any filter. So, so, yeah. Yeah, and and that can be tricky sometimes. But I, I you know, it's it's something that, that's why when you said it, what it was vague, and I don't think it's vague. I just think it's it's something that we're all still learning about. But I, I always try to just keep that in the background. Make sure I don't try to lose myself in that, even though. It can be easy if one isn't careful.
1: Well, I think you're doing a great job, with I just mentioned in, in, in between there. I <laughs> sure. totally love reading your mag. literally. It's, ah. it's one of those, uh, yeah, and, and, and I look by a site four or five times a week. and read <laughs> oh the content. I think <laughs> the, UID, the UID is a great example, actually, uh, in answer to your question. I think we've come to a point where w- will your audience is just going to find you if they really want to. Yeah, Which
0: is that's, how you found, the, that's how we found gosh, each
1: other, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Which is all the more reason to kind of make sure you're not making any compromises. on Planning for your next trip?
0: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss.
1: Mm, the form of expression you're actually using. Because, uh, you know, that way you're actually confusing your audience all the more. You know, you want to make sure uh, uh, there's, there's, there's no whole barred kind of you know, attitude happening. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah. No, I and, and I completely agree with you on that. And that that's... That's one of the reasons I really, I really got excited when, uh, when we, when you sent that email. Cause, um, you know, I'm glad that these bonds can be fun. Uh, can be fun yeah. online. Yeah.
1: No, I can't even remember how I found your website, to be honest. Even I'm
0: <laughs> and that, that. that's, that's the, you know, that's the crazy thing. That's, that's what's really <laughs> cool about it. <laughs> but, okay. So just to stay on this connection thing here. I yeah. you travel a lot. How do you connect when you travel? And everybody has different ways. I have different ways, but I'm curious as to how you connect. Cause you, you know, you've been, you know, you grew up in four different countries, but you, you travel just because of your work, so.
1: Yeah. Um, well, I have to admit, the Internet's pretty much my lifeline as far as communications are concerned, because uh, I, I can, you know, my life can be a little drastic at times. Um, I'll spend days of my week interacting with like enormous amounts of people, you know, starting with uh, people I... Teach and I also do some uh, work in social projects as an artist, um, and w- so we're looking about I don't know about sixty people I'm dealing with on some weeks in, in the span of three days, and then I'll spend the second half of my week completely locked up in my studio working on my content. So uh, you know, it's it's it, um, the. My surroundings can be drastically different uh, in a very short span of time. So the only common thread which kind of keeps you connected to this very vast array of uh, people is the internet. Um, I think you know I've been touring quite a bit in Asia these past uh, three years, and um, I have to be you know I just realized now I think the first contacts I made and even a couple of Festival dates I got were just over Facebook. as crazy as it sounds.
0: <laughs> that is, that is insane. And it, it, you know when people talk about digital media, in, yeah. it's good or bad. So, but I always, I always try to focus on, especially for people like us, third culture kids, and people that identify with several cultures. It's yeah. so interesting the way you can form connections by through digital media, and it's just, yeah, it yeah, it's
1: it's, it's uh, amazing, isn't
0: it? Yeah. Really? Yeah, no, it sounds like you did a good job of you building. You know, relationships that you can uh, that you, you still connect with today, and uh, you know, are helpful to you in your career as well.
1: Well, I, I do have mixed feelings
0: about it. I, I will be honest let's hear, about. Let's it. hear. Let's hear. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, uh, I, I do come across uh, uh, slightly isolated at times. You know, that's another one of those things. is TCKs, and you know, you have friends all over, uh, and you're uh, answering an average of three or four different mails to different people in different parts of the world. But uh, I find myself oftentimes uh, literally being on my own for I don't know two or three days. It's it's a it's a pretty deadly combination of being a third culture kid and a musician at the same time. <laughs> um, you know, each on their own can uh, kind of isolate you in some ways. So, uh, but they're also both liberating as well. So it's always a bit of an oscillatory thing. Oscillate between being um, um, amongst huge arrays of people and none whatsoever. (laughs) Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe it's just me. I don't know. No, no,
0: no, 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 no. no. It's definitely not just you. It's you know, it's one of those things. It's with, with TCKs and what I've been doing for the past year or so. It's when I when I talk to them a lot of times. It's it's that. It's the gray area there's the black you know there's no black or white, so it's always you know how could it's either something really positive or you something really good or something you struggle with and mm-hmm. it's It's just a matter of channeling that, so a lot of times, whether you have the identity crisis or you're trying to figure out how not to be isolated I, there are different ways you can channel those emotions into positivity or negativity and it's it's the line is so fine, so it could be one action that could be perceived as something great in one culture and another.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. So, so,
0: yeah, so it's, it's a yeah,
1: cultural idiosyncrasies, you know. And yeah, you, you yeah. make a great joke in one country, and you're you know un- yeah. behead, beheaded another for the same.
0: <laughs> exactly. So that, that that's why it's always always good to be to be aware. And then um, a lot of times, I often remind TCKs that you know you're actually one of the the few people in the world that can can actually be aware of this if you actually tap into it because. A lot of times when, when I talk to TCK, especially the younger ones, they say, oh, well, I don't know where I fit in, but I'm always say, well, just think about this. You grew up here, your parents, are here, you're, you're, and you, you had this culture as well. Yeah, You understand some of the things. You might not be fully immersed as, say, the natives, but you understand some of the things that you shouldn't do, um, And as, as opposed to someone else that would just be coming here as a tourist. So that can be used as an advantage when it's in the workplace, when you know how to identify with several cultures or several personalities. Or Absolutely. yeah, or you know when you're 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 just aware of what not to say. You wouldn't say something ignorant or something like that. So just you know, it, but it's a way of self awareness that one has to get to because it's. I remember when I was younger, and I I was like the the only person in American school, or only person in the, among Europeans, and I, I felt like I was you know a fish out of water. I had a different accent. I you know I, it was just. Trying to fit in and it was so, always so difficult.
1: But, oh yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But they see. that that could be that could be me talking right now.
1: But, Except for the American part, yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah, but then you know, when well, now I, I look back and I'm always saying, you know, I, and I'm grateful that I went through that because now now I know, you know, that it will be okay. <laughs> <But> yeah. Then, <laughs> absolutely
1: yeah. yeah that's another thing about um, uh, the English language isn't it I mean it's one language but you have so many different dictions and accents it can be uh, I mean, you could be speaking the same language but you know sounds so different uh, you mentioned um, something about accent I remember when I first went back to India yeah, you, 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 when you asked me on about how, how that was uh, I have this memory of um, uh, being asked to stand up in class and uh, and uh, this this teacher was literally interrogating me about why I'm speaking with a British accent, because mm. uh, it was a history lesson, <laughs> right. uh, history lesson, and topic of uh, uh, the the lesson being Indian independence, <laughs> and here I was speaking with a London accent.
0: I uh, like what? <laughs> uh,
1: and she was like, "Do you know what?" What happened on the soil of this country? I was like, yeah, but you know, you know it's, it's not like I'm British, but you know, this is the way I speak. And that was also one of those very first um, instances where I really realized, God, you know, this is supposed to be, or at least where my parents say, home is, you know, and why am I being treated like this? <laughs> and uh, it's funny, I spent the next few years literally learning the Indian accent, literally just to fit in. And then uh, uh, when I moved back to Europe, everyone was like, "Hey, where's the accent from? That's right. uh, 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 are you Indian or uh, do you, do you sound Indian, but you don't really sound Indian." Oh, I
0: I it's, completely get that. Yeah,
1: I, yeah, <laughs> I, I yeah, that's that's good to hear. <laughs> no,
0: was good. Oh, I I started. I had a strong Nigerian accent before I moved to Burkina Faso, and then I went to an American school, and then. One of the ways I was trying to fit in was to really try to understand the American accents. So I was trying that, but then along the way I stopped trying because I, I was like, oh, "This is too much." And then the accent just became what it is now. Sometimes, you know, I, I sound very different. I sound very different. I could hear hints of Nigerian in my family. Most of my family, like uh, you know, India. A lot of mm-hmm. Nigerians are in um, England, so I have like ninety percent of my cousins uh, 99 rather, uh, who, who live in England. So when they come, you know, I'm like, I start to say literally <laughs> all the time. And so, you know, literally when I used to say that before, and I just, I just let it go. But a lot of times I hear, well, you sound very different than you sounded on the phone. Now in person, yeah. I, I'm like, yeah, you know, it's just, it's just the way it is. But, um, I remember so
1: yeah. It, so let me ask you this: You also find yourself sounding different in different parts of the world.
0: Oh yeah. When I go back. Home, oh, thank God. I'm yeah. <laughs> no, when I go back home to Nigeria, I, I sound. I think I sound. You're Nigerian. I, I start to say some of the things there, and then, um, but then when I even when I come back here a little bit, I, I, I keep a little bit of that. But then I, I, you know, people start to say, "Well, what happened?" <laughs> and then it, it comes back. But whenever I, I, I am with different people, my accent shifts, and I'm. Often not aware of it until someone points it out, but um yeah, no, I,
1: I <laughs> that's very reassuring to hear, I have to be honest. because I, I sometimes cite myself out, um, in the way I um sound, yeah. I remember recently, um, another ex girlfriend of mine traveled with me to India for the first time, and she she was really shocked when she, when she saw me. And was like, Why are you speaking this way? Why are you speaking this way? I was like, well, speaking what way? Uh, and... Yeah, that was uh, funny too. But um, since we are on the topic, I have to, um, I I should probably mention that's another area where music has been a huge help, especially singing. Because during my vocal training, um, if if you're a singer-songwriter, your addiction is one of those things you really need to kind of um, be conscious of in a a good way, not not self-conscious, but conscious of. So uh, that's really helped me kind of balance out all. all, I don't know, all the edges, I guess, in a way, to kind of find a singular line of diction which kind of works in most contexts.
0: Yes.
1: So um, that's, I think that's another reason. Um, that, that might actually be one of the first reasons I started to sing, because um, I studied piano, right, and I, was, um, I started off as, as an instrumentalist and working as a sideman for other artists. Mm. And uh, at some point, I realized I I want to sing. I've been writing songs all my life, but I'd usually get others to sing. Um, And back then, like about seven or eight years back, it's only been, what, six or seven years now that I started singing myself. And um, it's been a healing process uh, on very different levels. Um, My um, insecurities about my accent being one of those issues that have been really helped
0: yeah, no, absolutely. I, you know, it's, to stay on that, it's um you know, I, I often listen. To, I listen to music a lot, and a yeah. lot of times when you you hear musicians and you hear them talk, they're they're so different. But music is you know that universal language. You're like, oh, I thought you were American, and then you hear it, it's like a really yeah. British accent, and I'm always fascinated because everybody always says, well, I I don't I didn't expect that. I didn't see it as but it's 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 so funny how music can actually. Sound so I mean Celine Dion, for example, when you hear her speak, she doesn't sound a lot like the way she sounds. She has a yeah. French Canadian accent. Well, or well, yeah, yeah, I just think it's I think it's really cool the way um everybody university, university can connect with mm-hmm. uh music in, in that way. So yeah, no, I, I can see how that that definitely helped with uh definitely comfortable with that. But I'm glad that, you know, this accent thing doesn't uh you know, it's not just uh, isolated to, to me or to just us, it's you know, it's, you know oh,
1: I hear you, man. <laughs> I, I know exactly what you're talking about. It's, um, <clears throat> it's even um, on a certain level, it's almost even worse in Central Europe because, um, since most of Central Europe does, doesn't uh, you know, you, you don't find that many native English speakers, um, a lot of times the accent is actually mistaken as a part of the language. You know, a lot of uh, Central Europeans don't really realize that. English uh, does have very different accents I and mean, depending on where you come from you could speak the same language but in completely different accents and contexts too. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I yeah. often ask my, find myself being interrogated quite a lot uh, here still, so, uh, <laughs> when my English comes from.
0: Well, yeah. fear not friend, you're not alone. <laughs> Good to hear my man. <laughs> uh, um, okay, so we're going to wrap up soon, but I, I, I'm, um, you know... Just- Conversation is really fascinating. So I have to make sure I remember that I, I, don't, I wanted to ask you about the way you use your difference to make a difference. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. How, how do you use your difference to make a difference?
1: Um, I realize that one of the reasons I make music is to bring worlds together. Hmm. is uh, I think it's one of those meetings where you actually can make it happen. And you know, it's, um, especially working on my last album, I it's such a huge revelation. I basically got musicians together who, you know, I say even on my bio, uh, who probably never ever share a stage together, ever, because they come from musical traditions, who, which are so sort of vastly different in the way they condition the art, that you're uh, usually kind of, fixed on a certain path and um, in the way you express that form. So the ironic part is, though, the actual content of what it is you're learning isn't different from any other tradition. But since we as human beings are so good at being conditioned, uh, we kind of, a lot of people never really come out of that tradition. It's not necessarily a bad thing. but the challenge for me... While working on work which is an album, was trying to get these people onto in, inside a room and interact with structures and um, formats that were outside their comfort zone. Mine included, by the way. And um, these were people from very different cultural backgrounds, very different musical backgrounds, and to actually witness the fact that it works, that you eventually get these people to amalgamate into a sound which is its own identity, its own presence, was uh, quite euphoric to to be honest, it was pretty much a turning point in my life, because as as I mentioned earlier, I was very wary of crying it out, and trying to incorporate um, Eastern musical traditions into what I do when it actually worked, it was um, a very clear sign for me that, okay, this is what my life is about, bringing uh, worlds together. And it's only a beginning, I think. I mean, um, there's, it's, I mean, what you have at the end of the day is just sound, uh, the music which is happening, but um, this, the trail of... The entire process that's behind is in itself also such a learning, um, almost—I'll <laughs> almost use the word—cleansing experience that uh, you realize that okay, you know, this is a pretty decent uh, mission for, for a lifetime. I hope that doesn't uh, sound—I um, don't know. I hope that doesn't sound religious or something. But uh, uh, I guess in a way. Music is as religious as I get anyway, so um, a question no
0: that that <laughs> that does it in many many ways and it's it, yeah. you know I, I admire that and I love that because you know I share that vision with you it's just you trying to bring different people together from different parts um yeah. and just connecting uh, with with that and then, you know because I find I honestly did this is the premise of this I got so frustrated with um you know growing up everywhere you start to see the causes of a lot of problems that you know i'm I'm from Nigeria, so many different tribes. You're from India. You understand just mm-hmm. the different. How even though English is the official language, you have like over like I think we have 300 and something different languages, tribal languages, different tribes, the different wow. religions, right? Mm-hmm. So in, in India, I think, I think it's Hindu and Islam, the big ones there. But then Nigeria is Islam and Christianity, and then you have some extremists in the Islam, Islamist side in our area who, who you know, who might not agree with something, and then some different tribes go across things yeah. and then they start to use these differences to just drive them apart. And I, I started to notice this across um, the world, and I, it occurred to me that the biggest problems in the world that were caused by people's lack of ability to understand each other. So what oh is yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and it's, yeah, it's such
1: a it's such a huge burden to bear when you sometimes realize you might be the only person in the room. Who understands both of them, but you still see them not understanding each other? It's yeah, too up the wall.
0: It is so mm-hmm. frustrating. I'm telling you, my friend. It, it's it was so frustrating to me seeing this all the time, and I was like, if you guys just uh, you guys are actually people, you're humans, you know, and it's okay that you guys have that difference, but <laughs> you're all human race. You're all human it. race. So I mean, so I got so frustrated, and like you said, you you know, you want to bring people together, so that's why the the platform came. And I honestly feel like. In order to build the next set of uh, you know, lead global leaders we need to actually figure out a way to educate them to communicate across cultures and think outside the box. It's not just that. the same type of thinking. So mm. I I think he answered that question completely. So
1: <laughs> I can very much relate to what you just uh, talked about in Nigeria. I mean, um, India actually has there's um, there's Hinduism, there's also Buddhism and then there's Islam, Christianity. So uh, and some Judaism too, actually, so there's a whole bunch of religions um, uh, coexisting together, and uh, up until a short time, it used to be, in some ways, a lot of people say, yeah, you know, India's such a great example of how, how some new religions can coexist, but that's been changing over the decades to a certain degree, uh, it's difficult to judge exactly to which degree it has changed, because, you know, you know how the media is, they they thrive on sensation, so Oftentimes it will be blown out of proportion, but um, that's not. It, it's also related, kind of related to what you asked me earlier on about reconciling myself uh, with my Indian part, because, uh, like I said, there's this deep spiritual, mystical side I'm very comfortable and happy to uh, be connected with, and then there's the political side which is quite messed up right now. I mean, there's a whole bunch of things happening there where you, uh, you know, you really don't feel that urge to kind of hold your head high and call yourself Indian in any way. But um, um, Long story cut short, I think um, that's another one of those um, missions in life for me where I want to use music or art in general to kind of bring people together and make them realize that at the end of the day, they're actually more similar to each other than they realize. That's the thing about conflict. Conflict also usually happens amongst people who are more similar to each other than different. Um, yeah.
0: yeah, you're exactly, exactly. Don't you think? Yeah. I, 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 I agree. I mean, it's, the, it's people look at that for, for both of our countries. It's people that are similar. And it says that they are Nigerian and they're Indian. I always try to yeah. say, you guys are actually from the same country it doesn't yeah. matter that you're from from a different states or any of that and you know it's funny when the world cup comes everybody bonds together like, hey you know with this but that but then you know the world that that unifies them but that's but what about after that it's like ah, ah. but everybody ah. else is looking from the outside and they're saying you guys are in the same you're both nigerian like yeah. just work on that <laughs> you know so mm-hmm. um i'm I'm definitely with you on that and I think it comes from a lot of people who actually have a lot of similarities if they look at themselves instead of uh, emphasizing the differences. So that's yeah, that's why I say use your difference to make a difference. You know, you can actually enjoy that uh, if you really, really see that. But, you know, we'll both be working on that and uh, um, uh, hopefully we'll make an impact.
1: Absolutely, man. Yeah? Amen to that.
0: Amen. So wh- where can we find more about your music? How can we help you, you know, and where can we download all the, uh, you know, your artistic instruments?
1: Findtl.com. Find me as in Findtl.com. And um, should have all infos. You can download my album there. You can order copies, uh, hard copies, if you're interested. And uh, there's a mailing list you can sign up for. I regularly write um, uh, to my listeners. And... Um, no spam, just a few bad jokes now and then. <laughs> uh, um,
0: FindTL.com.
1: Uh, yeah. Find FindTL.com, yeah. All right, all right.
0: Well, uh, it's been a pleasure, TL. I, I will put all this in the show notes when it comes out. And um, you no, know, it's been a fascinating discussion. I, I We started off with the interview, and we. I, I completely forgot. I was interviewing you and I was just talking. Me too, man. Me too. <laughs> absolutely.
1: <laughs> I have to be honest, before I came on, I'm slightly nervous because most interviews I do are music magazines and stuff. This is, my first, uh, this is the first time I get to address this issue. You know, my connection uh, as a third culture kid to my music and the impact that's had on its life. and I'm very glad that you're the person I got to talk to about this. I couldn't have asked for a better uh, conversation. It's really...
0: Well, likewise, and, and uh, you know, I, and I, I'm sure this is going to be the beginning of many, many conversations, and I'm, I'm looking forward to supporting you in any way and getting this out there. So, uh, thank you so much for coming on. I, thank uh, you so
1: much. Keep up the great work, and I'll be definitely looking up in magazine. Thank
0: you, great. thank you, and likewise, likewise as well. So, um, yeah, I, I'll talk to you soon, and have a fantastic day. You as well, my brother.
1: All right. Have a good see you
0: see, bye Bye. You've just been listening to the Ask Tall by Nomads podcast. For more ways to use your difference to make a
1: difference, as well as for show notes, head over to www.uidmag.com. Till next time, go out and make an impact in your world. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter.